Well, let's give Jesus a great praise tonight. Oh, that was okay, but I'm talking about the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Alpha and Omega. Oh, give him kind of a shout that he is worthy of. Glory to God. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Well, it's good to see all of you. How you been? Has your pastor been treating you okay? Amen. He's been feeding you good. Amen. I wish you'd give pastors Peter and Phyllis Dosick a hand of love and honor tonight. Praise God. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. So good to see all of you. I started in the Denver airport this morning at 8.30. And the plane finally took off at 1.30 which is 3.30 your time. And I landed at the great international Dayton Airport. They need to change the carpet in that place. That carpet's older than I am. But uh, plane landed at 6 o'clock. And um, Pastor Eric Smith and I got in the car and said, Lord, Blind the bears. Don't let any cops see us because there can't be anything legal happen between now and Bodkins because I got to get to church. And so I'm here and uh, I, I think I'm not sure what time zone I'm in, but it's good to be here. I am excited about what the Holy Spirit is going to do this week. I want to preach to you this week about being transformed. And I'm going to talk to you, as you know, when I come in, I come in with a word that has a couple, three chapters. And tonight I just want to talk to you primarily about the concept of transformation, and I'll get into that in a moment. Tomorrow night I want to preach to you about the day of God's vengeance. Now, don't get negative on me because this is one of the most positive messages you're ever going to hear because I'm going to preach about God being an enemy to your enemies. And as we see God activate, and I just I want to start laying the groundwork right now, God is going to activate in your life between now and the end of this year a day of vengeance against your enemy, which is his enemy, which is going to then activate a year of favor. And this is something God really spoke to me about, and I just preached this at our church. And I'm telling you something, God is getting ready to activate a fiscal year of favor. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to get into the year of Jubilee, and I'm not going to get into all of that. I just want to talk to you about a year. And in Denver, I preached it beginning on July the 1st, but today I'm going to preach it beginning August the 1st, a fiscal year of favor, which will be preceded by a judgment of God that he will be an enemy to what has been an enemy to you. And I, I, I'm going to 
set that up a little bit better in just a moment tonight. So tomorrow night I want to talk to you about a day of divine judgment against your enemies. Now I'm not talking about people, I'm talking about spiritual forces that are trying to wage war and stop you from having health, prosperity, peace, joy, the things that God has designed you to walk in. But this is what God spoke to me a few days ago. He said, if my people could truly step in, in faith to a year of favor, they will then walk in a life of favor. I'm going to show you some things about what happens when you step into a year of divine favor, how in that process it so transforms your life that it impacts the rest of your life. Do you realize, Philip, that if this year, from August 1st to the last day of July of next year, if you walk in a full year of supernatural divine favor, it will reshape the rest of your life. Doctor, if between now and this July 31st, of 2019, you walk in a year of favor. It will reshape the rest of your life. I've never had God deal with me about this in this way, and I'm trying not to get ahead of myself. But what I really want to get through, I want your faith to start being activated right now because I believe the enemy has tried everything that he can try to keep us so beat down so frustrated, so discouraged, or feeling like, well, I had this prophecy, or I had this word, or I had this dream, or I had this vision, and this didn't happen, and that didn't happen. But a day of divine vengeance is coming. God is going to be an enemy to your enemies. And then you're going to see... Oh, I'm going to have to get ahead of myself just a little bit, Gerald. Joseph woke up one day in prison, and he didn't realize it was the day of the Lord's vengeance. Because that word vengeance means recompense. It was the day of the Lord's payback. Now, you're not listening to me. It was the day of the Lord's payback. And when he woke up that day in jail, he thought this is just like any other day. But when they tapped him on the shoulder, even though they said, you've got to get up, we've got to change your garments, we've got to shave you, and they were giving him all the directions. What they should have said is, Joseph, this is the day of the Lord's recompense. And Joseph walked out of that jail that day into Pharaoh's court, and God made up his mind, today is payback day. Today is restitution day. Today is recompense day. It is the day of the Lord's recompense. And Joseph stepped from that day into a year of supernatural favor. And from that into a life of supernatural favor. And that's all I'm going to say about that. You just go have to be here tomorrow night at Friday night. Because something's going to hit this place that's going to activate 
God being an enemy to your enemies and loosing favor like you've never walked in before in your life. Give God a shout. Go to Isaiah, the 61st chapter. If you would stand for the reading of the word, I would appreciate that. Isaiah chapter 61. The Spirit, first verse, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, or as in other translations, the year of the Lord's favor and the day and the day of the vengeance of our God or the day of God's recompense to comfort all that mourn. Now, sometimes when we're reading scripture, we don't read it in a flow through. We read it in a compartmentalized dynamic and we don't catch the continuity. So he just said, my mission, the mission of Christ, is to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the recompense of our God, which will comfort all who mourn. Hmm. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Father, in the name of Jesus, anoint every ear to hear, every mind to perceive, and every heart to believe, and we declare it done in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. You may be seated. Man, I'm telling you, I get into all of this, and I'm, I'm going to try to keep a continuity but I may be from vengeance to favor to a day of vengeance to a year of favor to a life of favor back to transformation. But the bottom line is we are in a moment in God's calendar that I believe God's getting ready to bring a supernatural transformation. Pastor Dosick was saying it took God 38 years to get me to where I am today. And you know what? Years ago, God spoke a simple statement to me. He said, I've been preparing you all of your life for the work of your life. Some of you have got to understand the work of your life now is not behind you, but it is yet to be unfolding in front of you. And so this work of transformation is a powerful work. In Romans, the 12th chapter, the second verse, most of you probably know this by heart, but it said, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. First of all, the word conformed, the word conforms means to fashion one thing like another. To be conformed means to fashion one thing like another or to be a copy. So the Bible says we are not to be a copy 
of this world. Yeah, it's so amazing to me that we don't understand that anything that God has his hand on is unique. There are no two fingerprints alike. There are no two voice prints alike. They can take a recording of your voice and your voice has a uniqueness about it just as distinct as your fingerprint. Do you realize when you praise God and God hears your praise, he knows exactly whose praise it is? Because your voice has a fingerprint. You have... DNA that is irrefutable evidence of who you are and the history of who you are and where your origins are even nationalistically and everything else. But what they have found out is that your DNA will never be identical to anyone else's DNA. Even though you may come from the same mother and the same father, that does not matter. Your DNA would be different than your brothers or your sisters. There are no two butterfly wings alike and no two snowflakes alike. Because God is not a God of copies. God is a God of originals. And we are, we are so determined because we are in a, uh, a franchise mentality if you, if you eat at McDonald's, I had a McDonald's uh, bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit with a healthy hash brown and a medium-sized coffee with three creams. It is the breakfast of champions. And I hope my wife is not watching online or I will be severely chastised after service tonight. But the truth of the matter is, if I eat that bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit at the Denver International Airport, or I eat it at the McDonald's, which is about three minutes from my front door, uh, I expect it to be the same. And we, we are in a copy. The world operates in the realms of emulation, while God operates in the realms of innovation. Elijah was a true prophet, but Elisha was different than Elijah. Timothy was a great apostolic uh, bishop of the church of Ephesus, and Paul was his spiritual father, but they were distinctly different. Are you with me? He was the God of Abraham who was distinctly different from Isaac, who was distinctly different from Jacob, but he was the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, and the God of Joseph, who was distinctly different from his father Jacob and distinctly different from all of his brethren. Are you with me? Are you hearing me? Joshua, the Bible says that they followed Joshua and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. With Joshua was a different being than Moses was, but yet they both successfully led Israel. And the word says, be not conformed to this world. You're not called to be a copy. You're not called to be a copy. But it's harder to be an original. It's harder to be unique because it's easier, and I'm going to talk to some of the young ministries or maybe not so young ministries, it's easier to watch somebody's DVD and emulate 
whomever is the most current successful preacher than it is to go into your prayer closet and seek the face of God and come out the unique anointed vessel that God called you to be. It's easier to read somebody's how-to book than to go to the throne room of God and say, how should I approach my future that you have given me because the system of the world is a system of conforming. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. And the word transform comes from a very familiar Greek word, which is metamorpho. And the word metamorpho means a change of condition. Now, the greatest illustration of a metamorphosis is probably the caterpillar becoming a butterfly. Are you still with me? So the caterpillar... Now, 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 here's how we look in the church at being transformed. As we look at it is, okay, this is who I am, and I want to fly, but I don't want to die. I want wings, but I want to remain who I have been. But see, when the forces of nature are at work... And that silken cocoon begins to wrap around that caterpillar, which none of us totally understand how all of this really happens. But when that silken cocoon begins to envelop that caterpillar and swallows that caterpillar up, it swallows the caterpillar up and puts the caterpillar into a place of complete darkness. And the caterpillar does not grow wings. The caterpillar dies and dissolves in the cocoon and becomes recreated. The butterfly is not a caterpillar with wings. The butterfly is a new creation. And God is saying, I'm not looking for copies. I am looking for new creations. I am not looking for somebody that wants to stick some wings on an old nature. I'm looking for somebody who is willing to go into a dark place with me. And trust me, that as I, have you ever heard the term, I'm having a meltdown? The whole church needs to have a meltdown. No, I'm not talking about in a bad way. I'm talking about in a good way. I'm talking about we need to melt down the damnable nature of the, of the caterpillar that is within us and melt it down to where God can activate a recreation of who we need to be. And what begins to happen, God said, that butterfly will come out of that dark place and when it comes out of that dark place uh, it'll be nothing like a caterpillar in personality nature it'll not be a devourer it will be a pollinator it will be a life giver hang it here with me but not only that but when Philip comes out of the cocoon uh, even though he goes into the dark place he's dissolved and he's a new creation when I come out of my cocoon and I am dissolved and come out a new creation. Him and I are not emulations of each other. We are distinctly unique beings. Oh, somebody could shout amen right now. And then it says, how does this happen? It happens by the renewing 
of our mind, which in essence, a synonym would be renovation. Any of you ever watch those fix and flip shows? Love it or list it. Flip Vegas or Flip Sydney, Ohio, or whatever the new new hits are. But they, they take these they take these rundown properties and they go in and they they renovate them. And there's a lot of money to be made in that if you know what to do and how to buy right and what to do and how to make it happen. But the aspect of the renovation is, and what makes everybody love these shows, is they see the before and then they see the after and they say, that can't be the same place. Your brain is getting ready to go undergo a Holy Ghost renovation that people that have known you are going to look and say they don't talk the same way, they don't act the same way, they don't walk the same way, they don't conduct business the same way. Why? Because there has been a metamorphosis that has been because of a supernatural renovation of our thinking. That's why God said, let this mind be in you which was in Christ. Say, well, what does all this have to do with Isaiah 61? Well, Jesus had a distinct calling on his supernatural life. And the mission statement of his ministry is encapsulated in Isaiah 61. So when you look at it, he says, first of all, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because because the Lord has anointed me. So what he's saying is that I am empowered because of the call or the destiny of God. Now, when you think about this, a lot of people say, well, I'm anointed. So we feel like we've got a hot flash and a cold chill and an unction and we shake and we quiver and we act all Pentecostal or charismatic or crazy or whatever. But the truth of the matter is there is a supernatural how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Ghost with power, who went about doing good and he and all that were oppressed of the devil. Now, we understand the Spirit of God was upon him because the Lord had anointed him. There was a destiny. Your destiny is just as much a part of your anointing as the unction, as we would say, of the Holy Ghost. Your destiny and your gifts are perfectly and copacetically connected. God didn't gift you to do something just to do it. God gifted you to fulfill a purpose in your life. And so Jesus was saying, I have been anointed, I have been gifted, I have been empowered to fulfill a distinct purpose. And he said, part of this purpose is to preach good tidings or good news to the meek or to the poor or in essence, the afflicted and the oppressed. Hang in here with me. So when, when Jesus does what Jesus is supposed to be doing, or when we're doing as his ambassadors what he has anointed or empowered us to do, we are speaking good news to the afflicted and the oppressed. And we got a world of afflicted and oppressed people. 
You don't have to fly across the pond to find the afflicted and the oppressed. You just drive across the freeway and you'll find the afflicted and the oppressed. They're all around us. They're in the room right now. Then it says to bind up the brokenhearted. And then it says to proclaim liberty to the captives, which means to proclaim freedom to the captives. God's getting ready to activate some things that are going to absolutely give hope to the oppressed and the afflicted. We know all this, Pastor. Well, good, you're going to hear it again. But then it says to bring liberty to the captives. You know, we got a whole generation of people that are like they're in a cage. Now, I want you to think about something. You ever been to a zoo and seen a lion in a cage or a containment? You know, there's different forms, but they're in some form of a containment to where they're just not out running around. Now, there are lions that have been born in captivity. And every day at whatever time, the water's refreshed, the meat is laid out, they have an environment that is conducive and comfortable for them as a lion from all the scientists that have studied what would make them comfortable and happy as lions. And so I'm not talking about a lion that was brought out of the wild. Let's, I, I want you to think about this. You, you got a, a lion cub born in captivity, raised in captivity, fed whatever number of meals a day he fed, no worries, no challenges, no pressure, grows up, becomes a full-grown lion in captivity. Answer this question for me. Why do they lock the door? Why do they shut the door of the cage and lock it? Because he's been there since he was a cub. Grown up there. Know nothing else but captivity. But why do they lock the door? Because there's something inside that line. It says, I want to be free. There's something inside of every human being on the planet Earth that it doesn't matter how easy it's been or how difficult it's been. It doesn't matter how oppressed or unoppressed, afflicted or unafflicted. There's something in every one of us, something in every human on the face of the earth that wants true freedom that only comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. So the enemy is constantly trying to keep the cage door shut. 
The enemy is constantly trying to say, hey, it can't get any better than this. You've got meat at 3 o'clock. You've got fresh water. If it gets a little cold, they'll turn up the heat. Uh, whatever, if it gets hot, they'll put some cool air out here. But there's something instinctively inside of every spiritual being that is hungry and thirsting for freedom. You're never going to be truly happy until the metamorphosis uh, that God has designed for you takes full effect to where you rise up and you mount up with wings as of an eagle and you begin to soar into a higher place. God didn't call you to be contained. He didn't call you to be caged in. He didn't call you to be boxed in. He called you to be free. And it doesn't matter how many years that lion lived in that cage. If they left that door open, that lion would walk out that door saying, what's on the other side of these boundaries? So you're getting ready to experience something between now and the end of this fiscal year. You're getting ready to experience some things in your spirit through a transformation that is a result of the renovation of your thinking to say, I do not accept the cage anymore. I do not accept the box anymore. I have not been made to be contained. I have been made to be free. Why do you build a church in Bodkins, Ohio that seats more people than the population of the city across the freeway? Why do you rise up with cities around you that have hundreds of thousands of people and remain here and do the work that has been done by only believe because there was a lion inside your shepherd that said where we are geographically does not determine where we go spiritually. When I told our people, when your pastor was here just recently with us in Denver, over 2.8 million souls saved in the international crusades. Over 25 different nations impacted. Now, I'm not trying to say anything demeaning about this region of the country, but the realism of it is we are not dealing with metropolitan New York City. We are not dealing with Los Angeles or Chicago. We are dealing with middle America and we know the population numbers are highly reduced uh, to where they are in major metropolitan cities. But your pastor was refusing by the power of the Spirit, say, you're not going to cage me in. Huh? You're not going to tell me we can't reach millions from here. From here, the lion said, open the door. The lion inside of your shepherd said, open the gate. And if you will open the gate, God, I'll go to the north, the south, the east, the west, and we will see the lost saved, the sinnered restored, the sick body healed. What am I getting at? God is getting ready to not just do that through him. He's getting ready to do that through all of you. So he said to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Huh. Another translation said to release from darkness, 
to release from a release from darkness for the prisoners. Everything about what the Lord's talking about here is creating a new culture of freedom. Okay, I'm in, let's back it up. Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me. So I'm empowered because I'm called to preach good news to the afflicted and the oppressed. If you're afflicted or you are oppressed, you are under the attack of the enemy. Then he says, sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. How many people do we know? I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in just a moment. But how many people we know are paralyzed because of grief and because of loss? Then he says to proclaim liberty to the captives and then to release from a release from darkness for the prisoners. All this is about freedom. All this is about liberation. All this is about getting out of the cage, getting out of the box, getting the shackles snapped, the burdens removed, the yokes destroyed. Then he says to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The day of the vengeance of our God. The day God says to you, your enemies are my enemies. And we're getting ready to resolve this issue. Then he says to comfort all that mourn. If you're afflicted and oppressed, you mourn. If you're in darkness, there is a depression and a mourning. If you're bound by alcohol or by drugs or by anger or by whatever it might be, there is a mourning. Hmm. But God's getting ready to proclaim the year of favor. God's getting ready to be an enemy to your enemies. God is getting ready to comfort all. Everybody say all. Oh, say it again, all. Say it again, all that mourn. Hmm. Then he said, he'll point unto them that mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes. And I know I'm, I'm probably teaching things as you've heard before, but just be patient with me. I need the practice. Beauty for ashes which means he'll give you a crown. Now, a garland was put upon the head of an athlete to symbolize he was a victor. Kind of like a gold medal in the Olympics. And so, whenever a garland was put on somebody's head, it had two forms of symbolism. One, that you were a victor or garlands were worn at times a specific celebration. So he said, I'm going to give you celebration and I'm going to give you victory for ashes. Now we understand in the ancient cultures, whenever there was catastrophic things that happened, deaths, losses, uh, different things, they would put ash on their heads. And when anybody would see you, they would see the ash on your head and they knew something bad had happened. And then it said, uh, he's going to give you the oil of glad beauty for ashes. Let me get back up here so I quote it right. 
Then he says, I'm going to give you beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. So they'd take the ash, they'd put it on their head, and then they would coat their face with the ash. And then they would wear sackcloth. So if you saw anybody with ash on their head, ash on their face, and sackcloth, you knew something horrible had happened. What did you know? Well, you might say, well, they've been afflicted or oppressed. Their heart had been broken. They're living in a dark, depressed place. They have lost their freedom. Something traumatic has transacted because the ashes on their head and the ashes on their face and they do not wear normal garments. They're wearing sackcloth. I'm going somewhere with this, so just don't lose your smile. I walk into the house of God so much I started full-time ministry in 1972, 46 years ago, and I can't tell you how many ashy-headed, ashy-faced, sackcloth-wearing saints I've had to preach to. But yet the Lord said, the Spirit of God is upon me because he's anointed me to bring good news. But yet for some reason, we're not getting the good news. We're getting the CNN news. Or we're getting the CNBC news. Or we're getting the New York Times news. We're not getting the good news. And what's going on? What's happening? We are living with our faces covered in sadness. Our countenance don't reflect the joy. Because in that era, they didn't have cosmetics. And they didn't have powders. And they didn't have mascara and all that. They would take oil. And the ladies would put it upon their face. And it would give their face like a... a, a sheen and it would enhance the beauty of the ladies now what am I getting at God's trying to say something to you I want the ash off your head and I want a garland that says I'm a winner I want the ash off your face and I want to put the oil of joy upon your countenance that when they look at you, Gerald, they see victory. And when they look at you, they see joy. And then says, then we're going to change garments. No, no, no. Now, somebody's got to breathe out there. Just one time, say amen. If you haven't said amen tonight, just say it one time. Okay, thank you. You just got to help a boy now and then. You got to help a guy that's been at the airport most all day long. You got to help me. I didn't even get a chance to put my socks on before I preached. I'm preaching sockless tonight. My God, you got to help a brother out but see the whole thing is we're walking around in sackcloth and God's saying it's time to put on the garment of praise and what we've got to realize that when we open up our mouth from a renewed renovated mind it doesn't matter what the enemy is throwing at us uh, we're changing garments uh, God's looking at us and saying I got the best garment I got a multicolored robe uh, it's made out of the best materials 
The prison garment Joseph is gone. This is your day of recompense. You will wear the finest fabrics of Egypt from not just for a year, but for a lifetime. I brought you out of prison. No more ash on your head. No more ash on your face. No more sackcloth on your back. You are the son of the most high God, and I am promoting you to a life of favor. Come on and help me a little bit tonight. Right now, we got a whole generation that more than anything else, there needs to be a metamorphosis. So, we look at all these things. Now, I'm on the home stretch here, so don't get nervous. We look at all these things, and what do we start examining? How many have had to battle with affliction and oppression? Come on, let's just be honest. Uh, how many have had affliction and oppression? Both hands up. Okay, how many have had to battle through dark places? I mean, have any of you ever been in a place you just thought, man, is life even worth living anymore? It's just like all I'm confronted with is stress and pressures and setbacks and depressions and frustrations. But yet God said, there's going to be a metamorphosis. Joseph, thrown into a pit. Joseph, sold into slavery. Joseph, lied on, put into prison. He was in a multiple of dark places. The caterpillar doesn't become a new creature without the dark place. Have you ever been in a dark place? And we know, we love to quote this scripture as long as it's not applicable. And we know that all things work together to produce good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. What's it say? And we know. Say it with me. And we know. All things. Oh, come on. Say it with me. All things. So the afflicted things, the oppressed things, the dark things, the bound up stuff. It's all, even though the enemy is meant it for evil, God's gonna flip it to good. We may not like it. We don't voluntarily go into it. When was the last time you ever just got up in the morning and said, God, just give me a whole bunch of hell today? Just give me a really hard day today. Oh, Lord, please, I know it'll help develop me into a greater man or a greater woman of God. I know it will increase who I am in faith because if I walk through the valley in the shadow of death, oh, my God, I crave it, Lord. I hunger for it. I thirst for it. Oh, just let all hell break loose around me today in Jesus' name. You ever pray that prayer? So... God doesn't ever hear this cry, but yet he allows us to go into dark places. Life isn't conceived in light. 
life is conceived in darkness. Caterpillars don't become butterflies in light. They become new creatures in the dark place. Now, when the seed is conceived in the womb of a woman, God's purpose is not to leave that seed in that womb forever, nor is it his will for the caterpillar to forever be in the cocoon. Uh, it, geologically, and please, I can't go too deep on this because I read some things on it. I thought, oh, Lord, get me to the basics on this Jesus. Get all that scientific talk. But I did find out one thing that when a rock goes through a metamorphosis and becomes a different substance, it requires depth, pressure, and heat. So it requires dark, hot, and pressure. Oh, Lord Jesus, I just ask you on this Wednesday, let it be a dark day. Let it be a hot day, God. Let me feel the heat. And oh, God, just give me a double portion of pressure. More pressure than I've ever had in my life. I need more stress, Jesus. Oh, I'm going to sow a seed. I'm going to send Brother Jesse a seed so I can have more pressure and more stress. I'm going to have help Brother Dosik go to Uganda so I can have more pressure and more stress. Don't panic, Pastor. I'll, I'll get out of this here in a minute. It's not any more nervous than you make me when you preach in my church. So, and we know all things integrate, work together, and they produce good to them who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Now, here's the key. All of this stuff is happening to everybody, but to them that love God and are called according to the purpose are the ones that come out of it with good. The others are broken by it. They're destroyed by it. They're permanently incarcerated by it, but you're destined to come out with good and what the enemy meant for evil to you, God will turn it to good good and you just got to start waking up and smelling the coffee a little bit that if you're in a dark place right now you're not going to stay in that dark place that baby is conceived in darkness but there comes a point that that baby grows and that baby starts instinctively saying you know something there's not enough room in here for me I've never seen the light I've never breathed oxygen I've never eaten a meal outside the womb but there's something inside of me that wants to get out of here. There's some of you that have been in a caged up place that you're getting ready to push. You're getting ready to leave that place. You're getting ready to go into a greater realm. Here 38 years later as pastor declared it uh, and most people would say my God to just be able to do a tenth of what he's done. But he said God's been working on me for 38 years basically to do what he has prepared for me next. What's happening? He's pushing out 
He is in a pushing out moment of saying, now I have been in a place with pressure, with heat, with the attacks of the enemy, but I'm not staying here. I'm going in. I'm advancing into the next season. Oh, somebody give God a shout. That they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Tomorrow night I want to talk to you about God being an enemy to your enemies. And I want to talk to you about how your exit from the dark place is your entrance into the life of designed favor for you. And I know you've all heard this before, but if Joseph wouldn't have been sold into slavery, he would have never become a world changer. Some of you do not understand why you've walked through some of the things you've had to walk through and you've looked at it like God was mad at you, God didn't love you, God was judging you, whatever it might be. And the Lord's saying, you gotta understand something. I had to reposition you to get you to where you were called to be. And there's a repositioning anointing. And we've all, you know, heard about, we've, we've likened it to the woman with the baby. Oh, you feel that pain of childbirth and you're birthing that ministry. Well, I want you to think about the baby. With all due respect to all of you women, you didn't get up one day and say, I'm going to have labor pains today. The decision was made for you by the little creature inside of you. Little Bubba, little Bubba, little Bocephus, little Bobo, decided it's time to come out of the dark. Are you with me? You got up and said, I want this baby to be born. But little Bubba said, today's the day. And he started or she started pushing on the inside saying this place is too small there's something on the other side of the darkness I don't know why I want to see it I just want to see it and some of you are getting ready you've been in that discouraged place you've been in that dark place you've been in that caged place you've been in that restrained place and I promise you this if you'll flow with me this week, some of you are going to have a birthday. No, 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 no. If you'll hang in here with me this week, some of you are going to walk into a birthday. And God is going to start doing something through you and in you that will totally change your future. I'm just not talking to you to use you as an illustration. One year of divine favor will change the course of your life. One year of divine favor in your church will change the course of the future of your church. Are you hearing me? Nikki, one year, 
of divine favor will change the course of the rest of your life. We are always like, I've been serving God for so many years. I've been living for the Lord for a long time. God, God's all happy about all of that, but the Lord's saying, it's time to advance and let me give you a day of vengeance, a year of favor that will change the course of your future. I'm not as young as I used to be, Eric. But it's either we ride off into the sunset and say, man, look at all these years I preached and look at all the sermons I preached or look at all that I did. And it, it's just kind of time to let these young guys go. I think it's time to let the young guys go, but they're not putting me out the pasture. Excuse me, I forgot more than most of them know. But the truth of the matter is, there's an advancing into something new. There's an advancing into something new for this church. There's an advancing into something new for your pastor and his ministry. An advancing for Pastor Phyllis into a new season. And if we just sit back and say, well, praise God, you know, I, I've done this for 25 or 30 or 40 or 50 years. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why can't God bring out? The Bible talks about new wine. If there's going to be new wine, there's going to have to be a new vintage of grapes. It's not the grapes from 10 years ago. It's the new fruit of today. And, and, and for the wine to be made, don't get all spiritual, but for the wine to be made, the grapes have to be crushed. If there's a new vintage of oil, for the oil to be made, the olives have to be crushed. So we always think, I, 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 my wife and I took Marilyn Hickey out to lunch a few years ago, and Marilyn's in her 80s now. I think she's 86 or 88. And she's going to Pakistan and preaching to hundreds of thousands of people. She's 80-something years old. And she's not going out there on a walker or in a wheelchair. She's strong and powerful in the Holy Ghost. But I remember sitting in the automobile with her and with Gayla. And Marilyn looked at me and said, you know, I thought by the time I got to this point, it'd be easier. <laughs> and it's really harder than it's ever been. And you know what? I guess it's like Bishop Jake says, the higher the level, the bigger the devil. And so you hit these battlegrounds, you hit these walls, you hit these obstacles. Does that mean God is done? No, that God, God just saying it's time for you to decide if you want to stay in the womb for the rest of your life or you want to get out there where the action is. Do you want to stay in the cage at this season the rest of your life or do you want to break through to something bigger, something better, and something greater? I don't know about you. I've come too far to just shift into neutral. I've come too far to pop it into reverse. I've come too far to stay in the first gear. I believe now is the time to let God be an enemy to my enemies and take me into the rest of my life filled with favor. If you believe it, give God a shout. Oh, come on. I'm talking about you have come out. I want you to shout like a brand new baby that's just been born. Just got your first lung of air. Scream a little bit unto God tonight. Hallelujah.
If you're filled with the Holy Ghost all over this house, stand to your feet, slip your hands up toward heaven. If you've been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost for 60 seconds, I want you to pray in the Holy Spirit because strongholds are coming down all over this building. Walls are being broken. Burdens are being removed. Yokes are being destroyed. People are coming out of cages. People are coming out of dark places. Comfort is being brought. We're going to be true Trees of righteousness, oaks of righteousness. Come on, come on, come on. Give it your best. Give it your best. Open up your mouth with a shabak in tongues tonight. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the the name of the Lord. And the Lord would say to this house, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And I say unto you, it is a new season. I say unto you, advancing into new individual harvest. I say unto you that I will be an enemy unto thine enemies. And I will take thee into a season that you will look and you'll say, I have never seen the magnitude of blessing that I have seen right now. And I say unto you, my sons and daughters, those of you that have stayed faithful in this house, that have served this vision, that have sacrificed for this vision, you are getting ready to walk into a supernatural overflow that your eyes have never seen before. From sources you never thought it would come, I shall loose financial breakthroughs. New ideas are coming. A renovated thought process, which is going to bring the transformation. The cage is coming apart. The prison cell doors are opening. The oppression is being broken. The darkness is being lifted. And I would say unto you, you shall be like a newborn baby. You shall breathe your first lung of oxygen. You shall be like a newborn child seeing things for the very first time. A baby sees nothing but darkness until it comes out of the womb. I say to you, you're getting ready to see the glory like you have never seen it before. You're getting ready to hear things you've never heard before. You're getting ready to touch and sense things like you never have before. For this is the day of the Lord's vengeance and the year of the Lord's favor. Give God a shout of victory. Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Put your hands and just worship me for a moment. Just worship me for a moment. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Son, I want to pray with you. Is this your wife? No. Glory to God. 
Stay with me. Philip, I want to pray for you and your wife. Come here. Brother Converse, come over here. Glory to God. Stay with me in the spirit. Everybody all right? Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Everybody with me? I've tried to be conscious. I know some of you get up before God does. And uh, I want you back here tomorrow night. I want you here Friday night. I know that's a strong request. But I do believe before this fiscal year is over, there's going to be some breakthroughs that are going to happen. There's going to be some answers. God dealt with me for my church said before this year of 2018 is over, it's going to be a fulfillment of prophecies and answered uh, that season. And when I preached this message, there was 195 days left in the year. And the Lord said, tell them in the next 195 days it's going to be a time of fulfilled prophecies and answered prayers. And I'm believing for some things for me, for our ministry. But I'm telling you something, over the next fiscal year, you're going to begin to see a year of favor. You'll begin to see a year of favor. I don't know. There is, I don't know what you do. I don't know where you work. I, I, I think I've seen you in the services before. But there is a strong, strong calling on your life. I'm not, I'm not talking about kind of, sort of. There is a divine hand of God that has been put upon you for kingdom purposes. And it is going, it's like a very unique, I see two rivers. I see a ministry river and I see a business river. It's almost like an anointing to men, a kingdom anointing, but yet there is a, there is an entrepreneurial anointing that is on you. And God says, it may not make sense, but he said, I'm going to bring the rivers together. And, you know, there's, there's places where rivers come together. Don't ask me where. Right here? Okay. There's a place where rivers come together. And all of a sudden it's not, you might say, just the Ohio and the Mississippi or something like that. But then they become, it, it becomes an, almost virtually a new river. And I see two rivers coming together. It's just what I, I begin to talk to you about. But son, there's going to be an anointing that's going to come upon you. And the wisdom of God is going to be upon you, surpassing your years. Now, you've had some crazy moments. But the call of God has overruled all of that. There's, it's just like, I can't escape this. I can't get away from this. But I see your hands dripping with the oil of God and the sick being healed and oppressed people being delivered. I'm telling you something. I see young people your age and younger that have been so oppressed and tormented by the powers of hell. And I see you putting, uh, are you a right-hander or a left-hander? Right-hander. I got the right hand. I see you putting the right hand on their head. And I've seen demonic oppression break. I've seen cancers dissolve. There's a reason you've been under this man of God because you have seen the miraculous and you have seen faith in action. God said, you're a young lion. You've got what it takes to make a difference in this season. And I'm gonna put my hand on you tonight 
And when I put my right hand on you, the fire of God's gonna begin to go through you. Fears are gonna begin to break. God said, don't look at yourself and say, am I, am I worthy of this or am I good enough for this? No, just say, I am who God says I am. I receive what God speaks because you're gonna see God be an enemy to your enemies and favor overtake your life. And there'll be moments you say, God, I don't deserve this. You may not deserve it, but God's gonna do it anyway. And the Lord's getting ready to do something. I want everybody in this building to stretch your hands, start praying to the Holy Ghost. Father, I declare how your word said you anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And I declare this young man is going to go about doing good and healing those that are oppressed of the enemy. Breathe on him right now, Holy Ghost. I, I'm going to keep saying to you what I have said before I even took my text. A year of favor is going to determine the course of the rest of your ministry. And there are some things that are going to start happening that you are going to know. Oral Roberts said this to me, and I know uh, there's some great initiatives that are going forth for your congregation in your city. But when we got into our building project years back, Oral sat down with me and he said, you will see the greatest miracles of your ministry during this season because God loves his house. And you're going to see God bring favor in ways that you never thought it was possible. And you have gone against the wind virtually your entire ministry. And I don't understand this, but God said, it was almost like God said, I put him in a city that it doesn't make any sense that he would succeed there. It's like the cultural dynamic of the city is against you, but yet you're walking in favor. I don't know what I'm talking about because I couldn't tell you the name of the city you're in. What is it? Kenton, good old Kenton, Ohio. It's a shaking place. All right. But it, it, for, there's, there's something about the cultural makeup of Kenton that it doesn't make sense that you two would succeed. But God doesn't care about any of that. God's saying, I will be an enemy to your enemies. I will give you a year of favor that will set the course for a life of favor. You just might as well get ready. There are gonna be people that are gonna befriend you that a few years ago wouldn't talk to you. There's gonna be people that you have felt because you've been hurt, because you've heard about things that people have said behind your back and you've had to pray your way through it because your natural tendency would have been to march right over there, knock on their door and say, hey, let's figure this out. And I'm a big enough girl to make you know one thing. You shouldn't have said that about me and definitely not about my husband. But the truth of the matter is the Lord has taught both of you to hold your peace and let the Lord fight your battles. Because when you talk about recompense, you are not talking about anything but God judging it and saying, here's what I'm going to do as the payback. 
And I'm not talking about horrible things happening to people. I'm talking about things happening to spiritual forces that have tried to stop the purposes of God. And the Lord said, Philip, because you have maintained loyalty and honor to the house that birthed this church, God said, I will open up the windows of heaven upon it and there will be an overflow of blessing. And because you would not allow disgruntled voices to sway your rooted and grounded walk with God, God said, you're going to see me do what you never thought would happen to you. I prayed for you a lot of times through the years and I and I always purpose in my heart when I come into a church ministries that are going forth leaders and things if God gives me I'm going to go for them but Philip you have seen God bless a lot of ministries and a lot of people and you look at it and you don't have any jealousy you don't have oh you know I don't know what no but it's you have never been able to see yourself in that level of blessing but you better get ready from sources you never thought it would come. Don't look at your house and say, this is as good as it'll get because God's going to do something better. Don't get in your car and say, this is all the better I'm ever going to drive because God's going to bring forth blessing that's going to elevate people's faith. And the Lord said, you, you've just been so doggone happy to be being used to God. All that stuff hasn't worried you. But the Lord said, I'm going to show you what happens to a faithful son and a faithful daughter. And it's not going to be in ways that you would think it would happen. It will happen by favor. And I, it wouldn't shock me. Somebody walk up, put a set of keys in your hand and said, I don't know why, but here here you've seen god do things through your pastor well the anointing flows from the head down anything you've seen god bless him with you need to start saying wait a minute i'm under that same oil i'm under that same faith i'm under that same anointing virtue is going to flow through your what's your name sweetheart regina virtue is going to flow through your body tonight I don't know what this is all about, but God said healing anointing is going into you. There's two distinct areas of healing that's getting ready to happen in you. One is an area of pain that you have been in in your body. The other is an internal issue, but God said get yourself ready. And the Lord said don't accept what the enemy is trying to shovel off on you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, and he needs you well, he needs you strong. He's not gonna make it unless you're all you can be he's a mess most of the time but the hand of God is, when I put my right hand on you tonight there's an anointing that is going to go through you Philip and fear and insecurity is going to break off of you like you have never known before a confidence to be all that God's called you to be and healing is going into you and I saw his hand on the temple of your brow and I'm going to be honest shout of victory tonight. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. How you doing? How you doing? Now where's the church at your pastoring? Urbana. Another hopping town. 
I don't know where any of these places are at. I'm just having fun with you. God's getting ready to, there's a fresh thing getting ready to birth something. You're, it's birthday time for you. It's birthday time. That baby gets to that certain point and starts pushing. I don't know how it all happens, but I don't know how what happens, but something transacts inside that womb says, I'm not staying here anymore. And God says, you're, it's a coming out time. It's a birthing time for a new season of your ministry and your anointing. And, I, and your pastor has been such a powerful example in prayer and in fasting and seeking God and going into a, into a place really almost like a dark place or a solitude place of just hearing from God and this is the season you're you're coming it's kind of like you're in it and you're coming out of it and I don't say out of it in a bad way I'm saying you're coming into what you've been praying for but there's a new anointing and if you will allow me this liberty Daniel I want to say this to you you're getting ready to grow up a little bit more there's a maturing that is going to be a greater level of maturing to where the decisions are going to be wiser and all right Lord God said I'm going to give you a wisdom to handle people wisely and I, I use the term handle because I don't know what other term to use but when you pastor you have to manage people volunteers, leaders, staff members. And God said, you're getting ready to step into a greater level of wisdom because sometimes when we get hurt or we get discouraged, we operate out of the soulish realm instead of out of the spirit. Been there, done that, got a few t-shirts in the closet. But God said, you're coming into another level of maturing. And I'm going to say this to you. A lot of times, young ministries feel like when they're launching, that's when they really need their spiritual father. When we really need our spiritual fathers are when we're beginning to succeed. Because we're used to failing. But we don't know how to manage success. God said, your shepherd, your father in the Lord is going to help you like never before handle success because your church is going to succeed don't doubt that your church is as small as it's ever going to be and that might sound negative but it's not it's as small as it's ever going to be because you're going to begin to operate in a new level of wisdom you're going to begin to speak to your leaders with the wisdom of God and all of a sudden, all the little sellinesses that you have to deal with are going to start coming under the authority of the Holy Spirit. I don't know what has been distracting you, Daniel, but God said, get your focus back because you're coming in to a year of favor. Somebody praise God. Somebody praise God. Somebody praise God. Somebody praise God. stretch your hands toward Daniel. Father, I declare these hands are going to drip with an anointing that is going to set people free. I want you to listen to me, Daniel, real close.
I know I've been talking to you like a grandpa here tonight, but the thing is, your hands are getting ready to come under an anointing. And when I say your hands, because God says we lay our hands on the sick. God said there's gonna be a delivering anointing. There's something getting ready to happen across America. There, there's a, 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 we, we used to talk about people getting set free, getting delivered. We used to name churches deliverance centers. But you know something, we, we get away from that because it's not user-friendly. But I'm telling you, if there's ever been a need in our culture for deliverance, it's now. And God said people are coming into your churches depressed, suicidal, uh, with uh, personality disorders, all types of things. I know that doesn't sound great. You're wanting millionaires and really great. But God said, I'm going to set people free through your ministry. And the gratefulness of their hearts are going to help you build the vision that God has giving you but your hands are going to drip with the oil and with the fire and God said when you came in here tonight I don't know what this is all about God said what's troubling you be troubled no more I've got it under control he, all right Lord I'll say it again he said whatever has been troubling you he said you tell Daniel be troubled no more whatever has been troubling you be troubled no more I've got this I've got this I've got this saith the Lord cast your anxiety upon me because I care for you saith the Lord of hosts somebody praise God somebody praise God Somebody praise God. 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 Shed out on enemy. He is our life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Lift your hands up. Just worship me. Sing something. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Give it up like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you.
Bagwell, nice to meet you. What's your name? Shane, and you are Vanessa. That's cute. So, uh, there's something stirring up on the inside of you, Shane. There's an anointing, there's a calling, and uh, sometimes you feel like you know what to do with it, then other times you feel like, God, I don't have a clue what to do with it. But the, God, the Lord planted you, and the Lord is, let me just put it this way, there's a stabilizing that is starting to happen in you. Your, uh, your sweet wife is a whole lot more balanced than you are. <laughs> You're very spontaneous. And which has resulted in a lot of fun, cool things in your life. It's also resulted in some says, oh God, why'd we do that? But the Lord said, and I, and I was talking to Daniel about the spirit of wisdom. The spirit of wisdom is getting ready to come upon you because you don't lack zeal. You don't lack passion. You don't lack, you want to save the whole world next week. But God said, I have put you in the house because I am going to bring a developing, a maturation in your life that is going to secure you fruitful ministry. And this is what you want more than anything else. You don't ever meet a stranger. You've got a gregarious personality. You sit down and talk to somebody, you've known them for 15 years or 15 minutes and you're there with them. But also you have walked through a lot of hurts and a lot of pains. And you, all you have wanted in your life is to be embraced and to be accepted. And you went through a lot as you grew up that broke your heart. But yet somehow you've come through as this amazingly positive person. But yet she knows the deep insecurities you wore with. And I'm not want, wanting to embarrass anybody, but I'm telling you son. God's getting ready to do something in shame tonight that when you walk out of here, you're going to know you're different than when you walked in. And you have a quiet, subtle life of faith and prayer. And there's some things you've been praying for for your home and for your finances and for your life together. And God said, I've heard every word you've said. And you sometimes say, oh God, I, I don't know if you're paying that much attention to me. You gotta deal with the Russians and you gotta deal with all these other problems in the world. Lord said, tell her I'm hearing every word she's saying. And you too, and I want you to hear me in the spirit because I'm really gonna hit into this tomorrow and on Friday about God being an enemy to your enemies and a life of favor activated by a year of favor. God's getting ready to loose favor on you. He's getting ready to open doors, getting ready to open doors. And you're here tonight. You had an appointment with the Holy Ghost. And Shane, I want to tell you something. God's ready to do some of the most amazing things you've ever seen him do in your life. But you're going to plow with a focus like you have never had before. You're not going to look over here and then look over here and then look over here. You're going to get your eyes on the prize. And you're going to start praying like you have never prayed before and you're gonna start seeing mountains 
just move one right after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other. And lady, I will tell you something, God hears you. I don't know why I gotta keep saying this to you, but he's hearing you, he's hearing your prayers, he's hearing your cries, and your marriage is gonna be stronger than it's ever been, your future is gonna be more blessed than it's ever been, and everything I've been preaching about is going to overtake you and manifest, and it wouldn't shock me, 2018 is your year of miracles, saith the Lord. Somebody give God a praise. Somebody give God a praise. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you. Tell me your name again. And Angie. Angie. I've known your dad since he had dark hair. Lord knows that was a few years ago. You, you know, when I was talking about the baby being birthed, you're right there. I'm not talking, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about the baby. The baby's saying, I don't know what's on the other side of the darkness, but this place is too small and I've got to move forward into what God has for my life. And there's a tremendous anointing on your life there's a tremendous power of God in your life. And there's been so much that has tried to deter it, that has tried to stop it, that has tried to hinder it. And you have walked through some of your own personal hells to be able to stand here today. When Pastor Dose said, I bet God's been doing a work in me for 38 years to get me right here to this point in this time. He said, I, I relate to that. It's like all your life, God has been doing a work and the enemy has tried on multiple occasions to take you out, but he will not succeed. And I'm telling you, you're advancing into a new season. Now I'm, okay, God. God said, I am the healer of the brokenhearted. I bind up the broken heart. Your heart has been broken. And God said in Isaiah, I am, my ministry is to bind up the broken hearted. Now, I'm gonna say this to you with all due respect. He's knocking the ashes off your head. He's wiping the oil of joy. Nikki, come here and help me. I want you to do something. I've never done, I want you just, you know, as a woman, just, she's putting on the oil of joy. My God. And there's a whole, the ash is coming off. The oil of joy is coming on your countenance. And you're getting ready to put on the most beautiful garment that you have ever worn in your life because God said it's behind you. I don't know what this is all about, but God said this thing is behind you and there is a tomorrow in front of you that is better, brighter, more beautiful, more blessed. And I'm telling you something, the enemy was in your ear and saying, oh, sweetheart, please understand, I'm not trying to embarrass you, but he was speaking into your ear and saying you're worthless and depression was overtaking you. You didn't even want to live, but here you are because God won't let go of you. And when I put this
these hand, this hand on your head tonight. Oppression and affliction is going to break and you're going to wear a garland of victory. You're going to rise up on your way home and say, I have won. 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 Shabba Sandaya. Somebody give God a shout. I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. in the house turn to two or three people and say I'm getting ready to get the favor glory to God you can be seated for just a moment oh praise God you're never going to be the same again no you're never going to be the same again you're coming up you're coming out you're going in I think it's in the 37th chapter of Ezekiel. And that's the Boneyard chapter. But when you kind of get through the Boneyard segment, then it talks about, just read through it. But I believe there's a segment in there that said, we're coming up, and we're coming out, and we're going in. And that's for you. You're up, the place of containment. You're up, you're out, and you're moving in to what God has for you. Amen. There's a teaching anointing on you, and you need to be using it. All right, I'm done. Done. Uh, it's been a crazy day for me, but we've had a good night. How are you doing? You're, you're needed. Praise God. I don't need the Holy Ghost when y'all have tags on. That helps. Uh, are you guys going to be here this week other than tonight? 
was, was that a, a firm yes or a, a politically correct yes not to hurt the preacher's feelings? Because God's getting ready to do something for you guys. I'd like to be released just to pray for you right now, but Lord said there's going to be something click in your spirit. And God's getting ready to work some miracles for your future. And God has been good to you too, but it's not comparable to the new season. Might say, well, how's that? Don't, don't try to figure him out. Because God, God keeps saying something from sources people knew, know it would come. And Gerald, every time I look at you, God just, God said, just keep telling him, I got more ideas. I got, I got ideas. That's what God keeps saying to me. So I'm gonna put some things into your thinking that's going to bring restoration. Praise God. I'm going to receive the offering for the ministry. I, I pray about offerings. And uh, I just want to ask you to consider something with me tonight. A seed. We, we don't have very, we have very few things that we are Lord over. And one of the things that we are Lord over is our time. We have the power and the ability to determine what we're going to do in our 24-hour day, whether we're going to use it in prayer, in the Word, or whether we're just going to waste our time or just work in the secular environment. But we do have a lordship over time. Another aspect is naturally our money. We have a lordship. We have authority over our finances. And if you choose to tithe... Your tithing is a direct response of your lordship over what you have. Now, what I'm saying to you tonight is this. I do believe that there are moments in time that our seed connects us to a revelation of the word. That our seed connects us to what God is speaking prophetically. Now, I'm just not preaching a sermon to you. Maybe I kind of broke it down in Isaiah 61. But the, the, what I'm speaking to you is prophetic. And you need to get ready for God to be the enemy of your enemies and for God to loose a supernatural year of favor. And your seed, I believe, is a connector to this word. And I believe something great is going to happen in people's lives between now and the end of this year. And I've challenged people like this before. This is no new thing. But there's 153 days left in this year. And I am believing God that in the next 153 days, you guys in different ways are going to see some things happen that is going to give you the knowledge I'm walking in to the result of God's vengeance loosing a year of favor. And I'm believing for it between now and December 31st, 2018 for me and for you. And I want to challenge every person in this church that would do this, either tonight or tomorrow night or Wednesday, uh, what, what when, it's Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday or Friday. If you, I always encourage you, just get the seed in as fast as you can. But if you can't do it tonight, then so be it. Would sow a seed of $153 to be a blessing to the work of ministry, but also is a visible 
connector of something you have lordship over to say, I'm getting this. And I believe God's getting ready to do something in the next 153 days that will release special blessing into my life for my future. Not just to make life easier. I mean, like some things to happen that would maybe redefine some things about your tomorrows. And I want to see God do something for Pastor Dosi that could redefine how he is able to go forth in this season. I need financial miracles for our ministry that will redefine, not just to give us a good month, but could redefine the next decade. And I know the seed has the power to do that. And if you're one of those people that would do this, I'd like you to get up out of your seat, come down here very quickly, because I know it's 15 after nine, some of you are gonna turn into pumpkins or turnips or something, because it's getting late. But if you're coming, come right. You don't have to have the offering ready. I just want you to get down here, because I know there's a lot of different ways you can give. You can borrow it from LD, or you can give by debit or credit, or uh, write a check or give in cash. But the most important thing right now is I want you to get down the front and I want to de declare a blessing over your life, your ministry, your business, your career, and all of that. So just come very quickly. I'm going to take one minute from right now for you to get down here because I'm believing for new seasons. I'm believing for breakthroughs. If you're coming, come on. I know some of you are waiting on an angel or something to speak to you. This is more obedience than it is even sacrifice. For some people, it's a sacrifice. But we're going to believe God tonight. We're going to believe God tonight. And we're going to see God do some things. Now, tomorrow night and Wednesday night, I'm going to be praying with a lot of people. But tonight, I just want to lay the groundwork. Praise God. Eric, I've been picking on you tonight. But, oh, oh you're all for that, huh? <laughs> well, you better give your own offering then, dude. <laughs> But we're going to believe God. Is anybody else coming? I, don't, I, I want to pray when I get everyone down here. Now you say, well, I didn't feel to do that. That's fine. Or I couldn't do it. I understand. But I want you to blend faith with me, those of you that are out there, to blend faith with me right now. We're going to believe God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare over every seed that is sown. Lord, would you begin to deal with me about this back on July the 1st? The number around July the 1st, the point I preached is there was 195 days left in the year. And I sowed a seed for me, for my wife, and for the 11 of us that make up my grandchildren, my sons and daughter-in-laws. And God, I thank you that I've seen great miracles and interventions. And I am declared in the name of Jesus, these people's families are gonna start seeing miracles in relationships, their physical bodies, are gonna be healed and their businesses and their careers are gonna come under the favor of God. And I pray as we move forward in this week, tomorrow night, Friday night, God, that you're gonna deal with people and as they sow, the breakthroughs are gonna to begin to happen. And God, I thank you for it. I declare the devourer is rebuked. I declare the windows of heaven are open. And I declare, like never before, favor on your sons and daughters, in Jesus' name, amen. Somebody give God a praise.